Welcome to BFC Live, the daily video and podcast series of Business of Cannabis. BFC Live highlights the company's brands, people, and trends driving the global cannabis sector. Learn more at businessofcannabis.ca. On today's BFC Live, we're joined by Sherry Boudreaux, the CEO of CanDelta, the official regulatory advisory of Business of Cannabis, talking all things cannabis health products. Jerry Boudram, thanks for being here so early on a Monday morning. Thank you for having me. Uh, it's good to see you, first of all, but also I wanted to check in because um, I'm an avid reader of uh, cannabis Twitter. Uh, and then I saw an update about cannabis health products that maybe Health Canada put out, which called back some conversations we've had with you guys over the past, I don't know, six or eight months. So like, is anything happening with CHPs? Well, let's call them CHPs, cannabis health products. <laughs> or is just like an update that we should know about? It's uh, it's it's always there's always updates okay. updates that you should know about. Um, it's really nothing too new, I would say, that's happening. That you know, there hasn't been information that's circulated the the web prior to this recent. There was a recent, uh, I guess, sort of publication on Health Canada's website. I guess I guess it was last week, the beginning mm -hmm. of February. Um, basically, just reiterating Health Canada's commitment to including um, cannabis health products in its uh, agenda, its upcoming initiatives for the next couple of years. So just to frame it, cannabis health products or CHPs, um, actually an interesting, uh, I guess, point is that Health Canada is still trying to it's trying to decide on what they want to call it, either cannabis health products or health products containing cannabis. Right. So. And well, it's even longer than that. It's like health products containing <laughs> cannabis that don't require, you know, like oversight a, from a healthcare practitioner. <laughs> that might be a little long. It's probably not even a, a, a sleek acronym for that. I like CHPs, like cannabis health products. I think yes. that has a nice ring to it. So I'm we'll stick with it. that for yeah. the purpose of this, this conversation. Fair enough. Um, yeah, so CHPs are a a proposed category of cannabis products that, um, as we were saying, it, it could have a, a medical, uh, like a therapeutic claim to it. But interestingly, it doesn't require health care practitioner oversight, so which means that it doesn't need a prescription. So currently, we have, you know, sort of two categories. We have, you know, the cannabis products that we know very well in the recreational market and the medical market where it's, you know, cannabis products that are sold in either retail stores or, or through um, the federal um, licensed producers that have um, a medical, uh, sales for medical purposes license. And that's directly to medical patients. And then we have um, drugs containing cannabis, which are cannabis products that have safety and efficacy data to support it. And it goes through market authorization, has a drug identification number, you need a prescription for it. There's physician oversight, and that's you know typically produced largely by pharmaceutical companies, like like you know products like Sativex, for example. Mm -hmm. So those are two categories. So CHPs fall somewhere in between that that area. So it's it's quite a neat uh, a neat category. And, yeah. And so and so right now they don't exist. Well, they exist. They don't exist here. I guess uh, is probably or, yeah. a more likely thing. Or legally. Right. Well, that's true too. Uh, oh, right. That's true. Um, uh, and, and so the, uh, Health Canada set out a, uh, a group of science advisors. Is that the right term? Uh, mm -hmm. Who've looked at this and like, is there a timeline when they're considering it or they're just said, we're going to consider it? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So 
so because there's a medical, um, you know, there's health claims that are proposed to be associated with these products, their approach to rolling out the, pro the, the, the products will fall under um, an evidence-based evidence approach. So they need evidence in order to substantiate the, the use of these products, the safety of the products, the efficacy. So it's, it, it, there is a hybrid of um, that particular product where it's similar to prescription drugs, but sort of at a, a lesser degree. If that's you know sort of a, a safe word to say, yeah. Um, but the thing is, if if there's going to be still evidence, but maybe less evidence, health Canada needs to know exactly what is that limit of safe enough evidence where you know you could carry out the evidence, submit it to Health Canada. Health Canada will say, okay, this is an acceptable degree of you know safety and efficacy and quality data in order to approve these types of products. So in order to understand that, Health Canada needed to put together and establish a scientific advisory committee, which is largely based on, um, it, was a, it was an open nomination for this particular committee. Um, the not open nominations were actually last spring. Um, they extended it a, a bit because of COVID, COVID but yeah. um, they finalized the nominations around May or so. So it's composed of 10 individuals the requirements were that they had, you know, a university background. Largely, they were accepting people with doctorates, um, so a PhD or in the medical profession, either as a physician or a veterinarian. Um, so they had specific specialties in the area of, ideally, cannabis and the the uses or potential effects of cannabis on. You know, certain populations or indications. So they had that expertise that they could bring to the committee and be able to, you know, sort of evaluate what would be the the best approach of rolling out these um, these products. So their first um, meeting was actually November second and third of last year. Um, that's kind of when they very high level kind of went through what their 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 terms of reference was for their. Their, their committee, the mandate and all that. And then they had a follow-up meeting at the end of November, beginning of December, um, where they went over um, what the current landscape is for cannabis, for pharmaceutical drugs, for veterinarian products, and then sort of did a deeper dive into some of the evidence that currently exists. So I actually had a call with um, the um, acting director of the, uh, the policy department there who kind of heads up the, the committee. And he was basically saying that, you know, they, they, they do have one year from the date of the committee's establishment to provide their feedback to Health Canada on, okay. on their findings, their advice. And so, I mean, it's, it's a roughly one year. So that would be this fall. They should have some information to be able to provide to Health Canada and hopefully to the public on some of the recommendations and advice that they have for rolling that out. And then, then you know, kind of goes from there to see, you know, okay, what, what's Health Canada gonna do in terms of drafting actual, you know, policy and legislation um, and sort of going up the chain with that. So the, the notice that came out uh, last week or on, on Health Canada's website, um, reiterating the fact that, you know, they are committed to the, um, the the review and establishing a framework for cannabis health products that's something that's still within their agenda and you know they're, they're still working towards you know establishing that that commitment which really came out of the consultations when they were um, reviewing 
the proposed regulations for the Cannabis Act and the Cannabis Regs. So this is this is direct feedback that came back from those earlier consultations that the government, even though they didn't include it in you know the current act and regulations, they they recognized that this is something that was of value and, and needed by the the public, requested by the public, and they were still committed to okay figuring out a way of how are they going to going to implement that and, and just needed some more time and that's why we're kind of seeing this delay now. Okay. So like in your mind, when you think about this and, and you talked about your Health Canada uh, contacts, but also the industry overall and your clients, are, and it's so, it's obviously not imminent, right? That's part of it, but also sort of long-term speak to me like I'm an eight-year-old, which is sort of how I like to be uh, treated. But, but it, like in your mind, is this something that at some point, you know, a, a cannabis health product is in like the vitamin aisle type of thing. That's like between vitamin C and vitamin D, there's like CBD capsules, like in that same aisle next to all the other Jameson well, products? I mean, there, there's a lot of interesting conversation about that. So what Health Canada was proposing was that it would be sold in retail, cannabis retail stores. So what you, you currently see, and then through um, federal producers who have medical sales licenses. So directly, directly mailed, you know, to yeah. a medical patient. So that was a framework. Um, through the consultation feedback, there was a lot of, you know, push for having it in, in uh, like pharmacies or being sold at pet stores for, for animals. Um, so, I mean, that's, and the reason behind that was, you know, as you know, stated through the, the summary document from the consultation was that they want it to be more accessible, obviously, but also to normalize cannabis and remove that stigma, which is interesting because Health Canada, if you, if you read the, you know, the actual consultation document, they, they sort of didn't want to normalize cannabis right. for that reason. Right. <laughs> so it's, it's a, they, they, they actually said they didn't want to normalize cannabis and that's why they wanted it to be. And, you know, obviously they're, they're, they still need to meet the objectives of the Cannabis Act by ensuring the safety of you know, young people and protecting youth and all that. So that those are the reasons behind having it in, um, you know, areas that are age gated and things like that. But at the same time, cannabis health products are supposed to address indications that are broader, uh, let's say, you know, to ailments for pain or for sleep or for anxiety. So it's, it's sort of, they, they call it lower risk sort of, you know, therapeutic uses for, for cannabis health products. And that's where it was, that's sort of the, the purpose of having cannabis health products. Yeah. So and, and why it would be okay not to have physician oversight. And some of the, the arguments in the consultation that came out of the consultation was that if we sell it in cannabis retail stores, those you know, bud tenders may not be versed enough in healthcare to be able to provide information on these healthcare products. Like, and that's right. like, that's a real fact. Whereas a, you know, a pharmacist can. Right. And then you say, well, okay, well maybe then you can put it on the label, but they can't even get the containers. It's like, there, yeah. there's so much to it. It's uh it is interesting. I would love to fast forward two years from now when we know sort of what the the, the, the science advisory committee, what the consultation, you know, what the consultation said, mm -hmm. how that folds into the sort of current framework, and then start predicting or projecting what that means for the sector overall, what it means for non-cannabis retail stores, and and how they will welcome this in. But it obviously we're we have lots of time to talk about that because uh, we could yeah. we could project about that for the next. <laughs> Certainly the next, I don't know, eight, nine months, uh, and then beyond that as well. Um, this has been really helpful, though, to put the sort of cannabis health product 
not even timeline, but like what, what, why, what we're doing now, what, what will happen in the future. Um, Cause I think it is, look, timeline notwithstanding, it is exciting to think about sort of a new category of products in the sector. Right. Yeah, no, definitely. It's, it's definitely exciting. It's necessary. There's obviously a big, you know, push for CBD products, um, especially in, you know, market sizes or populations that are not normally cannabis consumers. You know, there are a lot of people who are in, you know, minority groups that traditionally are not in favor of cannabis, but if it's something that's potentially, you know, CBD and it's for, you know, a low risk, you know, sort of health condition, you know, if it's like sleeplessness or you have you know, some mild anxiety, you know, being a minority myself, I know that that is enticing or intriguing to, to the minority population. There's a whole, there's a huge market share. Yeah. Right. Especially in the, in the GTA. Or yeah. And, and Uber. old and older folks too. Right. Older I mean, folks it, as well. It's yeah. like the, it's like the, uh, not at the easy entry point. People want it for therapeutic uses. They don't want to talk to their doctor about it. They also don't want to go to the cannabis store because that's a different thing. Like this would, this would serve that need. Um, in yeah. very intriguing and interesting ways, yeah. which we can talk, which I hope we'll talk about over the next, uh, you know, eight, nine months and then beyond as well. Yeah, um, it's, it's definitely going to take time, though. I mean, by the time that the you know, the proposed regulations, it goes into the Canada Gazette. So that's sort of, you know, the process that goes into Canada Gazette uh, part one. And then, you know, once it gets approved, um, you know, and you know, goes through Royal, Royal Ascent, then it'll get published in the Canada Gazette too. And then you know, that there's a whole there's a whole you know <laughs> process to this. So it's not like it's going to be you know, even though the scientific advisory committee comes back with their feedback, it's not like it's going to go through quickly. You know, right, right. The proposed regs are going to kind of have to be consulted on as well. Yeah, but uh, within that time, maybe we get we get some things really right. Let's let's think about that. Yeah, yeah. Hopefully, I I, I think there's going to be some challenge definitely on the manufacturing side um, for having producers being involved in this market as well. Because if Health Canada is really considering following the Food and Drugs Act, and you know that all considers GMP, you know, and having that that sort of standard that you'd normally have for for drugs, then converting a facility to be able to to fit that, to be able to manufacture that is, is, you know, potentially quite challenging. So the people who are able to actually manufacture it is a consideration, you know, in terms of when is that going to be able to be, you know, rolled out and then the store, the store side, the store level of who's going to be selling it. I mean, that's also another consideration. So, I mean, there's a lot. It's a lot. No, it's, it's not, it is, none of that <laughs> is simple. Lot. None of that is simple. None of it is quick. It has lots of implications and ramifications, but working back from like, the end consumer, like it will be net benefit to them, even all the regs that are going to take to get it there and, and sort of the company supplying right. it. But thinking about it from the consumer back, I think there's lots of value in it, which I hope sort of is guiding the decision, but also there is demand for it. And so how do we, how do we get the demand to them? How, how do we supply that demand safely? And as yeah. I guess as quickly as possible, and then who will do it and where will it buy it and all those things. Yeah. I mean, definitely you know, appreciating the small wins, Health Canada, even recognizing this as a need and doing something about it, I think is huge. So, yay. We're, yeah, exactly. Well, uh, Sherry, as always, I really appreciate, I really appreciate the expertise that you're sharing with us today. Always appreciate the Can Delta view on these things, um, as always, as our official regulatory advisory uh, partner uh, for Business of Cannabis. So thank you. Have a good Monday and we'll see you uh, down the road.
Thanks, Jay. Our work is made possible with the ongoing support of our official partners, including Cannabis at Work, Cannabis Benchmarks, Can Delta, Gallagher, and Torque and Mains.